You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Man, two days goes by and we already have a lot of big news to cover. Anyways, the uh, biggest news is Ryan Fitzpatrick is no longer the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. He was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa. He will be the... uh, New guy starting right after the bye. So I'm not really sure about this move. I'm, I'm not saying that Tagovailoa is not a decent quarterback. I just think that the you know Fitzpatrick was, man, he was leading them to victory. They lost three games that, you know, I don't think technically anyone expected them to win. And they, they won the rest of them. So I felt like he was doing the job. He was really leading this team. It looked like it was kind of a good setup for Tagovailoa to just continue to learn under Fitzpatrick, and all of a sudden, the season just got kind of pulled, you know, the, the rug got pulled from the Miami Dolphins season, and not to say Tagovailoa is not going to be good or even competitive, I, I just think that, you know, when you're riding, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this well, it's really tough to just say, okay, we're going to make this big dramatic change, and it, it doesn't seem to benefit anyone but obviously the future of the Dolphins and a lot of these players you know they're they're not looking at the future they're looking game to game so it's really tough for them to probably uh, buy into this move especially with how many people liked Fitzpatrick but you know long term you, you need to know what you have and I think with the Houston Texans being so horrid and the Dolphins owning that pick they they probably want to see what they have in him because they're going to get a high draft pick again this coming up year, and uh, they want to make sure that they have a quarterback that's going to be able to lead them into the future. So it's just one of those circumstances that uh, either way is a, is a tough tough go. And uh, for fantasy football purposes, obviously Fitzpatrick's basically a drop at this point, and uh, he was one of those guys that was just a reliable pickup option anytime you needed a, some production from the quarterback position uh, Fitzpatrick was just sitting there waiting for you to take him and now that's gone so uh, especially this week with a lot of buys uh, Dolphins being one of them and uh, from here on out <laughs> a lot of teams being on a lot of buys it's going to be one of those situations where you're not going to have that uh, safety blanket and Fitzpatrick to just be like all right man I'll, I'll stream him and you know, for my fantasy team, I have Mahomes as my quarterback, and uh, Fitzpatrick's a, a perfect guy that I could just pick up, plug in there for a week, and then, you know, keep him buried on my bench or just drop him after he's done playing. That's, a, anyway, a tough situation in Miami, and I guess we'll see what uh, Tua can do. It's uh, Tua time, and uh, I'm, I'm, I am excited in regards to seeing how he does and you know, seeing the rapport and chemistry he can build with that offense and just trying to see what that offense can do. But I think also 
Um, if, if you own one of those Dolphins players, that's kind of a tough deal. You know, Devontae Parker, uh, Mike Kosicki, Preston Williams, you're not getting rid of them by any means because you don't know how their offense is going to look and if Tua can get the job done. But you got to be kind of nervous at this point whether they're even a good commodity right now because, you know, you see it a lot with a rookie quarterback going in and they're just not able to get it done through the air, uh, especially at the rate that they were doing it before. And uh, I think that could be the case for the, the Dolphins for sure. And I think the only person the value doesn't hurt is Miles Gaskins because he's a running back. He just has to get the handoffs and, um, you know, he still will get those quick uh, – quick flips from uh, the quarterback and, you know, as an emergency outlet. And uh, so I don't think it affects Miles Gaskins at all, but everyone else it does, and that's unfortunate. Sterling Shepard, he will be back this week from the IR, and that is good news. Sterling Shepard is a good receiver. He's just been hurt, and he's been hurt a lot. So he's not even a really good pickup option for a roster if you have him on your roster he spends more time being injured on it than he does playing but he's a great pickup option so it's definitely newsworthy and uh i definitely think that will help that giants offense because you know golden tate's not having a great year and darius slayton's been hot or cold and you know you add shepherd to that mix it, it makes the lineup a little bit more formidable and i'll be honest i thought that the the giants trio of receivers was going to do a little bit better than they've done this year. They they definitely kind of fooled me based off of some of their production last year. Uh, Cowboys players are already complaining about their coaches and the preparation during practice for the games. And I get it. Like, they're losing. They have a new coach. But here's the thing. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys roster is overrated. They, they're a good team, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, I even said, you know, at the beginning of the season that the Cowboys will make the playoffs, but every year Dallas Cowboys are overhyped, like they have this amazing roster. And they have some name recognition, I'll give them that, but overall I, I just I don't think the roster top to bottom is, is that good and has a lot of depth. And uh, I definitely thought that this year. And you're starting to see it now with some injuries. They're, you know, their defense is horrible. It's like a, a runny faucet. Uh, everything just flows right through it. They can't stop anything. And uh, it's that, that situation in, in Dallas is kind of unfortunate, too, just because now I just feel like you're kind of throwing the coaches under the bus. You know, the players have to play. And, you know, if I saw things being scheme, and I sometimes it is scheme, but you're looking they're just getting dominated you know they're not covering people they're people are running all over them they're not staying in their gaps it's just a lot of it's a big mess in Dallas and I don't attribute it to the coaches necessarily there's there's a lot of things that the uh, the players could be doing to be better and it's just not happening all the way around so it'll be interesting to see um, you know, at, if it's a sinking ship or if they're going to be able to ride it and get things in uh, in order. But, uh, you know, they're, they're two and four. They're in first place. But they're, uh, that team morale over there is not looking good right now. A.B., uh, he's eligible to return after week eight. So 
He's going to be obviously another guy that I'm going to recommend you pick up at the end of the week this week. If he's available now, you, you need to pick him up now. Um, it's it's front running. You know, it looks like it might be the Seahawks. It could be the Green Bay Packers. Could be the Baltimore Ravens. Any three of those situations are going to be good situations for Antonio Brown, and I'm. As much as I don't like the person, he is a great receiver. He's dominant. Even his one game that he played for the Patriots, he had a really good game. So he's relevant. I just don't know that, it, you know, it, he, as soon as he starts playing, if he can keep his nose clean, there's still some litigation in regards to his sexual assault charges. So we'll see if, you know, if that moves forward and the NFL has more clarity on what to do. You know, as discipline for that. But as of right now, it's looking good that he's going to come back after week eight and he's going to be available. So it doesn't matter what team he plays for, he's going to be a, a big pickup and he's a, a top receiver. I will temper expectations a little bit. He hasn't played for, you know, over a year. It's been like a year and a half. That's a long time. Even the best need some uh, live reps to start getting in the flow of things. But you can't deny the talent. He's one of the best receivers to ever do it. If he was just able to keep his head, uh, things could have been a lot different. But it's not. This is where we're at. And uh, like I said, go pick him up if he's available. It, but it's exciting news. Uh, there's a lot of teams that can use him. And, uh, you know, I'm not excited about the Ravens just because they can't use their receivers no matter who they have. I, th I think the last receiver that they're able to use effectively was Anquan Bolden and even he fell off you know towards the end um so you know you know someone like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers having Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown like that's just insane I, I think that's the best spot for him you, you know the Packers didn't draft anybody you're wondering what they were doing a signing like this would be perfect and really make that Packer offense more legitimate than it already is and then obviously the Seahawks, it's a fit, but I just don't see how Antonio Brown is known to throw tantrums, not you know not getting the ball as much as he wants to. And with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I just that's a lot of balls to go around, and I'm not sure that uh, you know he's going to play good soldier f f at the beginning, but I don't know if that continues towards the end. So you know, all things considered, I, I just think the Packers are the best spot for him. And then. Uh, Quentin Spain, this is another note from the Bills. He was a starter last year at guard, and then he got replaced. <laughs> uh, Quentin Spain was a, a guard that they drafted from the West Virginia University. Once he got replaced, you know, he hasn't, uh, he's been in a backup role this year so far, and now he wanted traded, and the Bills were like, fine, we'll not trade you we'll just cut you get out of here and I think that's about right you know Quentin Spain was a starter but he hasn't established himself yet as a, a star player and then going in uh, when you face some adversity to just say hey trade me I want out of here I just think that uh, you know sometimes you, you gotta stick with the program and see things through and this was one of those situations and he didn't do it and you know you gotta buy in especially with the team uh, like the Bills who are really good in first place. Uh, they don't need distractions like that. So I think it was the right move to cut them. But it was just unfortunate that uh, uh, 
you know, he was a nice depth piece, and who's to say that he he, he couldn't earn that starting job back? So, uh, yeah, and that's the the news for uh, today. There was a lot of news. Uh, you know, I, I left the breaking news a couple days ago, saying, "Man, I wonder if we're going to have enough to even have a segment." And sure enough, uh, th- that morning, from there on out, it's just been flowing through, and a uh, lot of good a uh, lot of good nuggets in this one. So. We'll uh, get down to our previews, and let's get going. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man, I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview, starting now. This first game we'll preview is the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington football team. The Cowboys are favored by three points, and I think everyone's kind of spooked by that god-awful performance they had against the Cardinals, and uh, that's why the spread is kind of tight, but I like the Cowboys in this one. I think they win, and I think they cover the spread by quite a bit, actually, and that's not a knock on the Washington football team, as I really like their defense, but... um, yeah, I, I think this is actually a higher scoring game than for both teams than what people think. And the Dallas Cowboys win by more than three. In regards to starting, uh, Kyle Allen is actually a start against the Cowboys. Uh, it pains me to say that. Like, I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. But he's playing the Cowboys, and the one thing Cowboys do is give up a lot of points to the quarterback position. So that's... Uh, that would be Kyle Allen playing the Dallas Cowboys. He's the quarterback. So regardless of what you feel about Kyle Allen's play and uh, Kyle Allen, uh, I, I just think that uh, he's a good play and he's he, he can do some things. Uh, Andy Dalton, he's a start against this Washington football team. And, again, after his performance last week, it probably is a tough go to, you know, go in on Andy Dalton and – uh, predict that he's going to have a good game, but I think he does, and I, I think he, you know, hits his hits his uh, top target, Amari Cooper. I think he hit Dalton Schultz. I think Ezekiel Elliott's more involved in the passing game, so I think it'll be a good day for Andy Dalton. Speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, he doesn't have a really good matchup against the Washington football team. They have a good run defense, and. You know, Ezekiel Elliott had a good matchup last week and just kind of laid an egg, but I think he recovers and actually has a nice little game here uh, on on Sunday. So he's a start for me. I mean, we shouldn't debate it because he's not a guy that you think about benching ever. You know, he's just a guy that you trust the process with. By the end of the season, he's one of the top running backs, and it's, you know, games like this that uh, he's worth his medal. You know, he has a bad matchup. He can still produce, so... Keep him in there. Antonio Gibson, I think, has an amazing day. 
I'm actually really excited for Antonio Gibson in this one. He's had some pretty bad days the last couple weeks. J.D. McKissick's been more part of that offense, especially in the passing game, and uh, it's taken away from Antonio Gibson. But I just have a feeling about Antonio Gibson in this one that I think he's going to really be effective and, and be a big part of this offense in this game. So I, I would start Antonio Gibson, not with full confidence, but, you know, he, he, I think he's a good play and you should give him a shot, high upside, and especially if your team's struggling a little bit. He's a guy to really throw in there in this game that uh, could make a huge difference. He has he has a lot, uh, lot better upside than a lot of other running backs. So... Uh, I do have J.D. McKissick on here just because of that passing volume. I think it's relevant, especially against the Cowboys where things turn into shootouts, where there's, you know, they're high-scoring games. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think, is going to have a outstanding game. I think he should be started. And I have Dontrell Inman in here just because when Steven, well, Steven Sims is on the IR, Steven Sims proved to be a pretty effective second receiver and Inman kind of took that place as that second guy and against the Cowboys with uh is you know teams can pass all over them uh, you need more than just one person which is Terry McLaurin and I think they start going to Dontrell Inman in this one he's proven that he can be a reliable target you know he had the game where he scored two touchdowns now I don't think he's going to get two touchdowns but I think he's a decent start so if you're flexing and you're wondering about you know receiver options, uh, Dontrell Inman could be a good a good get for this one. Amari Cooper, we already talked about it. I like Amari Cooper in this one, and not because he has a good matchup, but just because he's the number one receiver and that volume is, man, I I'm never gonna say no to that volume. He needs to be in there just for that. Logan Thomas, uh, man, Logan Thomas. He has a good matchup. I'll leave it at that. Uh, start him at your discretion. He, he doesn't have, you know, he actually last week had a better game than he's uh, had the previous three weeks, but uh, still kind of a scary play. But, uh, you know, I'm going by this process, and it's saying to start him against the Cowboys. The Cowboys aren't good at defending the tight ends. And then on the other side, Dalton Schultz, the Washington football team's not very good at defending the tight end position. So this should be a pretty good matchup for Dalton Schultz, and I expect him to find the end zone in this one. So we'll see if that happens. And I'm sitting Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, and if this was Dak Prescott, I would say to start them. But with Andy Dalton, I, I think they go to a more conservative approach on their offense where he you know, works half the field, works his main guys, and that leaves little else, you know, they don't, <laughs> there's no scraps left for Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb in this one, so it's, uh, it, it's one of those things where you really want to start CeeDee Lamb in this one, but I don't know that you can, and I'll be honest, Michael Gallup almost to me is a drop candidate, you know, I, I think you should hang on to him one more game to see how he has, you know, how that chemistry is with Andy Dalton, but man, uh, he was kind of a shoddy play with Dak Prescott, so I can't imagine him uh, getting an uptake in workload with uh, Andy Dalton. This next game is the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills are favored by 11, which 
is a ton of points. And it's at New York. You know, usually there's no way I would ever do this, but I'm, you know, the New York Jets are one of the worst football teams I've seen in a long time. You know, I'm losing my mind a little bit, but I'm taking the Bills to win by more than 11 points. I mean, they, the Jets just got shut out last week by the Dolphins. This is just, this is a bad football team. That's all I can say. And I don't have faith that they could score any points. Uh, the Bills can definitely score points. They can score more than 11. I, I'm taking the Bills. I'm giving, you know, I'm giving up the 11 points. And uh, having said that, for my starts, Joe Flacco, you can start Joe Flacco against this Buffalo Bills team. Buffalo Bills are not great against the quarterback. And, man, I'm telling you to start Joe Flacco. That, that's uh, that's all you need to, to know about that. <laughs> so let's move on. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is... You know, it's a ho-hum matchup for Josh Allen, but, you know, he's the second, like, overall quarterback in all fantasy football. You're not benching him. It doesn't matter about, you know, this is a matchup that even though it's not great, he's still going to dominate in. So you're starting him. Devin Singletary has a really good matchup. You need to be playing him. Of course, he had a really good matchup last week and kind of disappointed. But that's fine. I I think Devin Singletary has a bounce back and, and does pretty well. The only thing I'm worried about with him is Zach Moss. Could be one of those things where Zach Moss didn't look good last week. Uh, he's been injured most of the season, and I think this could be a game where Zach Moss starts dipping into those touches a little bit to try to do more of a committee type role, especially because Singletary just hasn't taken over that lead back role in Moss's absence. So that scares me a little bit. But matchup wise, you need to be starting Singletary. Frank Gore is a good. Uh, good person to have bills are not stopping the run as well as i thought they would with this defense and the michael perrine is also a start that's just because he's going to take over that levy on bell role and you know frank gore's not going to just you know get get an extended workload that uh the michael perrine's going to dip into that quite a bit and you know if it's any indication on how well Le'Veon Bell did with it, uh, LaMichael Perrine might be kind of in the same boat where he's not uh, totally productive. But again, it's a good matchup in this one, so you you need to uh, you know you, you need to read the matchups, and this is a good matchup. Stephon Diggs, again, ho hum uh, matchup, but Stephon Diggs is a top ten wide receiver so far this year. Josh Allen likes him, gives him a lot of targets. He needs to be started. And then Jamison Crowder in the slot, good option. Bills do not defend the slot very well. So I think Jamison Crowder's due for a big game compared to last week where he kind of wasn't that effective. I, I think Jamison Crowder uh, recovers and rebounds and does a, 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 has a pretty good game. Dawson Knox, I have him on here. Uh, who knows? Tyler Croft might be in there. Knox was banged up a little bit the last game. Uh, Croft is actually a better pass catcher. At least he's targeted more when he's in there. But, uh, you know, tight end is a good good start against the Jets. In this situation, it's just uh, I don't think you'd you'd start either uh, Knox or Croft. Uh, Chris Herndon, same kind of thing. Really good matchup against the Bills. They don't defend the tight end very well. 
You'd think this would be a huge game for Chris Herndon. That's uh, why it says it will be, the, but game plan-wise, Herndon's just been a big dud. He's going to be one of those guys that leaves the Jets and goes somewhere else and it, you know, turns out to be a stud tight end. And you're like, what happened to him in New York? Why can't he do what he did there? And uh, You're actually going to see that with a lot of players. You know, Le'Veon Bell, we're going to see if he has it. Same type of situation. So, you're sitting Zach Moss. You know, I, I said that I'm worried about him dipping into Devin Singletary's volume. I still am, but it doesn't give me faith to actually start Zach Moss. Bashad Perryman's coming off an injury. He needs to be benched. John Brown, I mean, he looks injured this whole year. Like, this isn't the John Brown that we're used to. He was kind of a big play guy. Hasn't been able to do any of that. Uh, John Brown's a shell of what he was last year and I am yeah I'm not starting John Brown in this matchup and then Denzel Mims is supposed to come back from IR he's the rookie receiver that they the the Jets drafted from Baylor and you know he is going to be on the bench as well you don't want to start a rookie receiver who's never seen action and think that uh, he's going to do something in this matchup so um uh, this is just kind of a. I think this game is higher scoring than what we think, but mostly on the Bills side. And I can't see anyone outside of the state of New York being excited about this game. Next game is the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by a touchdown and a half. And I think the Saints squeak by and win this, especially being at home. But I don't think it's by 7.5, especially in this divisional game. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. The, the Panthers are better than we give them credit for. And, you know, I picked them against the, the Bears and flamed out tremendously on that. But I, uh, the, the Bears' defense is, is a stellar unit. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking the Panthers with the, with the points. I'm starting Teddy Bridgewater. He has an amazing matchup. Saints do not defend the quarterback position very well. Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty good game two weeks ago. Floundered a little bit last week. I think he's back up on the high horse this week. uh, Riding into New Orleans. He'll be the uh, Saint that's marching in. Uh, Alvin Kamara. you got to start Alvin Kamara. Um... The, the, Saint, the Saints running backs. Actually, Latavius Murray, I think you need to start too. Panthers are horrible at defending the pass uh, when it comes out of the backfield. So those receiving running backs just eat the Panthers alive. That is Alvin Kamara. That's why I like Alvin Kamara so much in this one is just because of the receiving threat that he is. But the the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous about this situation is I think you're going to see a lot of Latavius Murray on the ground. The Panthers can't stop that either. So I think it could potentially be a big game for both Latavius Murray and for Alvin Kamara. We'll, uh, we'll see, but uh, this, this definitely, you know, they, they both should not be stopped if it depends on the volume that they get. Uh, Mike Davis, he's a start. He's just been dynamic. I don't want to say they don't miss Christian McCaffrey because he's one of the best players in football, but Mike Davis is came out of nowhere and is really producing. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is a 
start for sure. I think uh, him and DJ Moore, I think they both can have good games. So I'm uh, having them both on my starts. And then Ian Thomas, I have him on here. They don't throw to him ever, but the Saints are the worst team against the tight ends in football. So, you know, especially on goal line, they might want to get creative and, you know, throw to their tight end just one time. Uh, you know, at least get a, get a Ian Thomas a touchdown. The matchup is prime for him to, to do something. But, uh, again, he's just never part of that uh, Carolina Panther offense, which is unfortunate. Sitting-wise, Drew Brees, sorry, I would like to put him in here. I just uh, I don't think he's a start. He's outside my top 12 in this matchup. And mostly I think the quarterbacks are outside the top 12 against the Panthers because teams get such a big lead running the ball that uh, teams don't really need to, to pass the ball very much, and it kind of eats away at those numbers for the opposing quarterback. Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith, bench, bench, Jared Cook, bench, bench everybody. Michael Thomas is supposed to be playing. If he does play, watch that closely, but uh, he's obviously a play. We don't need to talk about this at, at all, actually. But I think this is a uh, – I don't think it's as a high-scoring game as what we are anticipating. And, again, I think the Saints win, but – I think it's a it's a squeaker. It's going to be a close game. This next game is the Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans. And this will be an interesting game. The Packers are favored by three and a half points on the road at Houston. And I think they cover. And I think they do so convincingly. They had kind of a bad game last week against Tampa Bay. And I think they recover from that. And I think that game's still fresh on everyone's mind. Hence the uh, smaller than what I was expecting point spread. In regards to fantasy football, you're starting Aaron Rodgers. I think he has a really big game. You're actually starting the Aaron, brother, the Aaron brothers, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Uh, you don't need me to tell you that. You didn't listen to this podcast for me to give you that type of advice. But uh, they're there. They're starting. David Johnson. Packers are horrible at defending the running back position. So that would leave David Johnson as a good play. But, you know, I'm leery about David Johnson. I mean, he's always within the top 24 running backs, but just barely makes it in there. So he's one of those guys that's ho-hum. I think no matter what his matchup is, he's not going to do something too spectacular, but he's also uh, not going to burn you by having him in your lineup. So he's in your lineup this time, too. Devontae Adams, of course, you're starting him. He's coming back from injury. Uh, he will be a good play. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I have him in there as the other receiver. I feel like he's more effective when there's another guy, and he's not the guy. So they don't focus on him. He can run down the field, get some deep balls, especially when the coverage rotates over to Devontae Adams. And... Uh, Will Fuller doesn't have a great matchup in this one against the Packer defense, but you're going to be starting him. And Darren Fells at tight end, you're you're playing him. It's not a great matchup. I mean, it's a middle-of-the-road matchup for him, but the volume that he's been getting lately, he's just such a big target. I like him in this game. You know, if, if 
someone has to do something for the Texans, so I think it's uh, Will Fuller and, and Fells. On the other side, Robert Tanyan, tight end for the Packers. You're starting him. I think he has a really good game, so throw him in there. And then sit-wise, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's he's always, especially lately, starting to pick it up, becoming a top-12 quarterback consistently. I think he takes a step back this game, though, and doesn't have a top-12 week. Brandon Cooks, I I like I like Brandon Cooks in this one. Or I don't like Brandon Cooks, sorry. I don't like Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb in this one, and mostly just because the Packers can defend those outside receivers and the slot pretty well. Like I said, I think Will Fuller's going to get the majority of the targets, and it's going to be tough sledding for these other guys. So uh, Brandon Cooks has been playing great lately, and being that second receiver, you would think he'd be a good play in this one, but I just I don't think he's going to have the play that you think he's going to have, and so he needs to be on your bench. Randall Cobb, I, I think, is a non-factor completely in this one. So, uh, yeah, Packers, uh, I think, win by th- over three and a half points, and this will be an interesting game to uh, for one to see how the Packers recover, and for two, just if the Texans can start getting on a winning streak, uh, I, I think they're a better team than what the record shows. This next game is the Battle of Ohio. The two heavyweights, the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland Browns having a, you know, starting off strong, having a great year, put up a pretty bad game against the Steelers and are looking for redemption. And then the Bengals, who have a lot of young talent that they're trying to uh, put together, and they look like they're going to be a pretty solid team for the future. Cleveland favored by three, and I like that. I think they cover that three points, and, and they win by more than that. And I might be the only person in America that's really excited about this game, uh, just because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you're starting Joe Burrow. You're starting Joe Mixon, if Mixon plays. If Mixon doesn't play, you're still starting Giovanni Bernard. You're starting whoever's playing running back for the Bengals. You know, uh, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. I think you can start all three. Cleveland's defense is horrible. I don't know what happened to them from the last year to this year, but they are not good. And I expect, a, you know, out of the three between Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and T. Higgins, you got to like Tyler Boyd in that slot that uh, – that uh, slot position gets a lot of yards against the uh, the Browns, and uh, so yeah, he, he's due to have a big game. T. Higgins, I really like a lot. I, I mean, it's it's not a great matchup per se, but the volume that he's getting, I, I just think you know, as a, he's a rookie receiver that is intriguing, and I think he has a a, a good game in this one. Jarvis Landry, middle of the road matchup, but out of all the receivers. He gets the most targets. I just think that uh, he's the only startable receiver because the Browns don't pass the ball very much, and when they do, they don't do it well. So, And Austin Hooper, the tight end, of course, because 
the Bengals can't defend the tight end, and Austin Hooper happens to be that tight end. You're sitting Baker Mayfield, and it's not because it's a horrible matchup. It's it's a middle-of-the-road matchup, but you look at Baker Mayfield, even with good matchups, they're really trying to avoid putting the ball in his hands. They're trying to make him a game manager, and I definitely think that continues in this game. Cream Hunt's def- definitely going to... Uh, Going, going to eat in this one for sure, uh, and Odell Beckham. Sorry, I, I'm not seeing it. I think this is a second week where he has a bad game, and is irrelevant. And it's it's kind of sad, you know, with Odell Beckham. He's such a talent, but he just doesn't have any consistency consistency to him at all. And he'll have that one big game where he just you know has two touchdowns, blows it up, and then. Uh, he's pretty quiet for a long stretch of time too. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of hockey players that are like that, where they're they uh, score in uh, bunches and then uh, you know you don't hear about them for two months. Drew Sample, he has a great matchup, but you're benching Drew Sample just because they don't use him as part of their offense, and uh, it's not worth your time. You can find a good tight end and a bad matchup that will get more points than Drew Sample in this one. So. Excited about this game, like I said. We'll see if my excitement holds uh, any merit. And uh, again, this is this is for Ohio. So, who uh, who has the uh, who's going to get the Ohio heavyweight belt in this one? Be interesting. This next game has a lot of fantasy prevalence, and that's because both teams' defenses aren't very good. And this is the Detroit Lions at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by three. And I picked the Falcons in this one. I think they win by more than three points. And it's just because uh, I I don't think that uh, Detroit can stop them, stop this offense. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be high scoring, and it's going to be grand. Starting, you're starting Matthew Stafford. Everybody, you know, when Kirk Cousins can throw for 300 yards and 50 touchdowns, you know that uh, he's a good play and you need to play him. And having said that, you're starting Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. Basically, you're starting everybody on Detroit. You're starting DeAndre Swift. You're not starting Adrian Peterson because my theory is Adrian Peterson is starting to be phased out of that offense. They're starting to move towards the rookie. He's going to get more of the passing volume. He's definitely getting more and more carries every week. So I think this continues, and this makes DeAndre Swift a pretty legitimate play. Um, But again, Matthew Stafford, I I liked him last week. It was underwhelming this week. I think he meets those expectations. Matt Ryan, he has a middle-of-the-road matchup, but I think the Lions score a lot of points, so Matt Ryan has to keep up. So I think he has he's a good play in this one. And, you know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you're starting both of those guys without thinking twice. They're going to have big games. Matt Ryan's going to throw to them. And he's not going to throw to Hayden Hurst because I have him on my bench. And, and Detroit's good at defending the tight end position. So just remember that uh, Ridley, Jones, Alabama receivers, good. Uh, Hayden Hurst, bad. Uh, Adrian Peterson, again, he's on my bench. 
And then Russell Gage, he's on my bench too. He just he started off really hot, getting a lot of targets, and really has just cooled off. And not even in a good matchup, not intriguing enough for me to start him, it, it, even as a, as a flex at this point. I need to see more uh, of his involvement before I get uh, get back on that Russell Gage train. So uh, there you have it. Uh, you take definitely take the over in this one if you're trying to bet on the over under. And this will be, I think this will be the highest scoring game of the morning games. And here's our game of the week. I'm really excited about this one. This is going to be the game of games. Two undefeated teams, both at 5-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. Pittsburgh's favored by one and a half points, and I'm picking Pittsburgh, and it's tough to do with Tennessee playing at home. The differentiator for me was the Steelers' defense compared to the Titans' defense, so I'll I'll take that defense any day. They're a good unit, and if anyone's going to slow down Derrick Henry, it will be them. So, yeah, I think Steelers win, and I think they cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. It's basically almost a straight-up game in in this regard. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, You're starting Ben Roethlisberger, and you're not starting him with confidence. Tennessee gives up a lot of passing yards, but Roethlisberger's been pretty much a game manager. He's been efficient. You know, he's passed when he needed to, establishing the run. You know, the Steelers have rushed for 100 yards in every single game that played so far. Hasn't all been James Conner. One was Benny Snell. But in general, you know, they're, they're rushing for 100 yards every game, and Roethlisberger's just passing when he needs to. So uh, having said that, you're, you're pretty much starting almost everybody for the Steelers. Starting James Conner, starting Deontay Johnson, you're starting Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Eric Ebron, man, just everybody. And and I get that not everyone's going to have a huge game. You can't have six, seven starters on an offense and all have huge games. It's just I don't know who that person is. The Steelers do a good job of spreading the ball around to whoever they need to. Smith-Schuster had a huge game the first week. James Robinson had a big game last week. Claypool had a big game two weeks ago. Deontay Johnson had a big game, you know, weeks two and three. It's just uh, you don't know, and they all have intriguing matchups, so you just need to play them all and, you know, hope that the the guy that you, you know, you play or the guy on your roster is the one that has the big game. For the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, you're starting him. You don't have a good matchup, but you're not benching Derrick Henry. Uh, You know, Miles Sanders, it was kind of proof of that where he had that one big run and then didn't do anything, but that big run was enough. And uh, so you're starting Derrick Henry, and you're starting Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Steelers do not defend the wide receivers very well, and I could actually see them focusing on A.J. Brown a little bit and really opening it up for Corey Davis. For whatever reason, the other receiver for a football team usually eats up the Steelers, and that would be Corey Davis. He came back from COVID. He's ready to go. And 
definitely finds himself in a prime matchup to uh, to really excel in this game. Sitting Ryan Tannehill, I like the fact he runs. I like you know he's really efficient. He's a uh, efficiently efficient, and uh, but in this one, I just don't like this matchup against the Steelers. I think you can find other like twelve other starters, and uh, I think he falls right outside of that uh, that uh, 12, 12 spot, which makes him a, a sit. Adam Humphreys, you know, can't rely on him. I, I don't see a good game from him. And Anthony Ferkser, I am sitting him as well just because the Steelers can defend the tight end. But Devin Bush is out for the year. So with him being out for the year, uh, that defense of the tight end could really change. And that's something to really watch and monitor. You know, that, that could be, start becoming a weak spot for the Steelers' defense down the road. But overall, this is the five-star matchup that you want to see every week. And it doesn't get any better than this this late in the season. So grab your popcorn. This is a game so big that it's nationally televised everywhere. The only I think the only place it's not nationally televised is the uh, primetime game, is the Battle of Ohio in the uh, you know Cleveland and Cincinnati game, uh, which I'm sure even those fans are kind of disappointed, wishing that they could see this one. Uh, but it should be fun, and uh, we'll uh, definitely be able to talk about it next week. Well, that will about do it for the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening. We'll be right back at it tomorrow, previewing the Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. So until that time, cheers. 